This is the Marketing Intern Spotlight, where we are committed to unlock how every marketing intern has an innate ability to be an entrepreneur, motivator, and influencer. All right, we're doing it live. Austin Doomer, how are you, man? Well, I'm here. I'm excited to be here. I'm here with the the two gentlemen that I had a first amazing experience with on the back pocket. What was that? Maybe a couple months ago? Yeah, that was our start of our marketing intern spotlight. You kicked started a wave of Thursday podcasts, and it was pretty cool. I set the bar low. No, you I did not. No, low. you did not. We got a ton of great feedback from that. That was a start of something that we found to be one of our most productive ventures. Well, you guys have had done how many now of the spotlights for interns? We are 14 in. 14, yeah. Or this week will be the 14th. 14th or 15th. Yeah. yeah, something like that. I think it was a perfect decision. I mean, you have so many folks that are avid followers that have their side hustles or have some kind of creative out, you know, that they want to share and talk about. Absolutely. And what's crazy about it too is like, it's really morphed into something more too. And what we've realized is, you know, yeah, they have their side hustles and yeah, they have this and that and the other, but their story has an audience to it. You know, Mm -hmm. like you showed the true value to that. When you shared that on Facebook and posted it on your Instagram and really pushed it out there, like that was one of our most downloaded podcasts because it spoke directly to that audience. It people want to hear you talk mm-hmm. um, because it's your grandma, your mom. Yeah, it's all these other people, and it got it looped so many other people into our podcast. So thank you for that. Hey, of course, I was happy to at least be asked to come on, and then happy to share it. It was a great opportunity. I hadn't ever done a podcast before, and so. I won't lie, I got a little dry mouth. Granted, it was August and it was hot up here. Yep, and we had a completely different setup. Yeah, no, this has gone zero to 60 mm-hmm. real fast, boys. Mm-hmm. We were recording on the snowball back, well, that was August, I think. It had or, been, July or something Yeah, like even that. July could have been. And, uh, I mean, you did a hell of a job with the marketing, and I, I know Declan already said that, but the way you phrased it, I don't know what you did, but you, the way you put it on social media, I, don't, I and if you got some sweet feedback, that, was, that would be great to hear, um, but... From our end, the numbers were awesome. So that when someone awesome. takes the, the initiative to market through their um, platform, like through their audience, we always see a lot more increase in volume. Um, but that was more than normal. Hey, you guys gave me a platform to at least share my experience along with uh, Bryce and, and Kyle, the other NB Outdoor owners. And yes. we got a chance to at least share your guys' stuff. And it was it was a great experience. So let's get an update on NB Outdoors. Okay. After one year, MB Outdoors is, is still kicking. Mm-hmm. Um, Congrats on your one year, by the way. Hey, I appreciate Just it. Just recent, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, September 1st. So okay. we're a little bit over. And when we look back at the past year, there are a number of things that we're proud of. We can't always be negative, but we're looking at it in a very uh, constructive way. So there's things that are infrastructure on the website. There are things when it comes to supply and inventory and overturn of that kind of supply that we want to continue to work on, along with just marketing too. I mean, now I'm looking back at the first photos that we have on our Instagram, and they're almost cringeworthy. <laughs> you look back and you, you you learn more about, I mean, everything from filters to lighting to the style of photos, how many of people are in ones or how many you know, rule thirds and stuff like that. And I by no means am a photographer, but you start to get some kind of brand consistency and you start to stick with it, or if there's certain color patterns or tones and stuff, and so you want to stick with that kind of stuff. And looking back, I think I'll probably delete the first 15 photos just because they are not consistent. So 
it, those are some other things that we've learned along the way. And we still have the same passion of growing this thing and, and one day making it um, a potential full time. But right now we're just continuing to supply current inventory, look at new designs and bring new opportunities to um, the brand and also looking at what kind of partnerships we can do with other small businesses that are Midwest based. Right now, um, we're working with a distillery here in Minneapolis uh, or Minnesota to possibly partner up and do some cross promotion for their spirits that they have. And so that's the, that's the drive is to look at what other kind of businesses are small and growing that kind of fit our brand of getting outside, enjoying the campfire, um, hanging out with friends outdoors, that kind of stuff. And so it's exciting times. Yeah. Cross promotion. Don't let me, I want to bring that up. But first, those first 15 photos. Yes. So do you remember what might've been your mindset of trying to get those con trying to get that content out there? What were you thinking about just the lighting, the, the, however you were putting out those first 15 photos, do you remember your mindset versus the next 30 and the 30 after that? Did, did you, do you remember that growth? Yeah. So before we actually got a domain name, before we get, got an LLC name um, and all the tax ID and all that stuff that's actually making a business, and before we even had product, Bryce got the Instagram domain and started throwing photos up there just to see if we can get some inklings of followers right off the bat. So pictures of fish from a pond down in Iowa that we were catching in the summer and stuff like that. But <laughs> Now looking at it, you want to feature what you're selling. You want to feature the brand and mm. photos, whether that's once a day or twice a day, or you just want to be consistent with that kind of language that you're using. So, mm. uh, yeah, looking back, as as cool as the crappies are and the sunnies that Bryce was pulling out of ponds in <laughs> Iowa, I think we might need to take another look at if they're uh, how long they're going to be sitting on the Instagram feed. <laughs> it's always it's just a big aesthetic game, is really what Instagram is. But underneath that is the authenticity, and I think you guys are crushing authenticity. And that's what's really going to stick. Like you can have all these great photos and everything, but your content, the reason why you're doing it, you know, you're obviously the design of your shirts, everything that goes into that is really what matters. And it's, it's apparent that you've, you've really paid attention to that. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, going back to kind of what Andrew was talking about was like the cross promotion. And that's really stuff, something that we are seeing the value in. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not just like the activity iceberg with like giveaways and that kind of stuff, but just providing your listeners for us and your consumers, customers with unique opportunities. Yeah. And that is like the, one of my biggest joys of marketing is like, what's the coolest thing we can put in front of these people to like convince them that this isn't just a podcast or mm -hmm. this isn't just a clothing company. Mm -hmm. So have you had any of those situations or have any ideas that you want to get off your chest on like these unique opportunities that you've, that MB outdoors is providing? Well, like I just mentioned um, with the, the distillery, I think to be able to partner with other small businesses that it's not like we look at a, 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 an account of somebody on Instagram and say, Oh, you're under, a certain amount of followers, well, guess what? We're going to prey upon you or we're going to reach out to you. That's not necessarily the case. We look at it as when did you get started? Are you kind of in the same boat we are? Are our values and uh, our base and where we're located kind of similar? And is that something that can really take both storylines and kind of align in some kind of manner? Can we take your Midwest-based spirits company, your distillery company, and share it with our promotions of products and stuff like that? and tell the same kind of story. If you're doing the same thing on your Instagram and you're doing the same thing on ours, 
well, why not make that quick win of tagging one another or showing you know one of your products in ours? So I think those are those kinds of quick wins that, yes, you could go for a giveaway and get X amount of new followers, or yes, you could pay for a promotion or pay for followers, but that's never been something that we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. We just want to see how organically we can grow this thing and be true to the value in the brand that we started. And you look at an account, and I'm sure you guys see it too, They've been around for three months. They have 40 photos, but they have 15,000 followers. Answer me that. It's because they're paying for followers. They're just kind of doing the easy way out. If that works for them, great. If they get the if they get the satisfaction that they want out of it. But I think I'm speaking for myself as well as Bryce and Kyle, but I would say the same for you guys too. You want to see that how what kind of hard work you can put into it and see where it goes just from organic growth. Right? Absolutely. And and, and it's so tricky talking about it because I don't want to be like social media always has those weird connotations to it. Like you're talking about it and you're, you're making it out to seem like this much bigger deal than it actually is. But when you utilize it in a business fashion, there's a totally different perspective on it. And our goal and objective, and I feel like MB Outdoors is the same way, is to get to that 10,000 mark. Because mm. once you get to 10,000, you have the, the ability to swipe up features and sell your products on that versus having them to take versus taking them to another website through um the link in the bio. bio. That's the only opportunity we have right now to sell our product, Mm -hmm. to get people to our podcast or to get people to the website. And if we want to get to that 10,000 mark and get actual revenue from 10,000, you have to do it the organic way. You can't buy yourself 10,000 followers and then, oh, you got the swipe up. Now you're going to make millions. No, you'll have two people swiping up Mm -hmm. because none of those people really are following you. So it's so tricky. It's, 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 It's something everyone wants to get to. And do you want to take the easier path and then get there and then be satisfied with not having any revenue? Or do you want to take it two years, three years and figure out the cross promotions to get you 20 followers here, a cross promotion that gets you a hundred followers or some cool post that you have a good hashtag on, it gets you 10 followers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a long man's game and it's so funny to talk about it in a business fashion versus people saying, Oh, I would like to have a thousand followers, or I'd like to have ten thousand followers to make my profile look cool. Yeah. No, that's never. That's not our intent. We don't care if how our perspective looks to an audience member. It's how we want to utilize that platform. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think you guys are in the same boat we are. While we're driven by sales and dollar signs, you guys are driven by viewers and Mm -hmm. listeners, right? You could get the perception of having fifteen thousand followers or fifteen thousand customers, but what's that really doing good besides maybe? boasting your chest a little bit to others that are looking at your Instagram. In reality, how many sales are you getting? How many listeners are you guys getting? That's what matters at the end of the day, you know? Mm-hmm. It's exactly what it is. And I think that's like, it's it's been kind of a trial by fire too. Like there have been times where we've taken the bait and, um, you know, promoted our, po- like boosted our post or something. Mm-hmm. But there is actually value in um, like Facebook ads and Instagram ads. And I don't know oh, if yeah. you use those at all, but like there's a creative aspect that goes along with that too, because you can, we, we can record this conversation right now, put it into an Instagram story and then have people swipe up. But again, swipe up for what, right. what kind of value are you bringing this person and how does that connect to what you just showed them? How creative is it? And then what is it on the back end? And what I've really realized, it's a, it's a culmination of a lot of things. It's pictures, words, and a video. If you can write the words and, you know, attract them with some sort of value that way, um, you know, and then present it in a fashion using pictures and, and videos, that's a full production. Mm-hmm. And, like, we've been running 
Instagram ads for, I don't even know, probably since June and really didn't start figuring that out until now. Yeah. Which is crazy. But I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like trial by fire. Got to keep doing it. Got to figure out how it works. Lose in a lot of situations, but it, it, it's a valuable asset. The other thing is, is like you want to stay as consistent as possible with the brand. Mm-hmm. But if you're too consistent and you're almost plain Jane and vanilla across the board with every single post, you're going to lose followers because they're going to basically know what you're going to post for the caption every single time or the hashtag. So being able to do your due diligence and looking at how can you be creative with hashtags or tags or the actual caption itself is going to bring in either new followers or it's just going to, your current followers are going to be more excited to see your content because it's something fresh. If you stick with the same kind of look and I'm not talking about the filters or the lighting or anything like that, but if you stick with the same kind of photo or the same backdrop, people are going to probably start to look at it and just swipe right over it. Um, I think that kind of planning and that that thought process really matters because you want to hold on to your current clientele, your current customers, your current listeners, but you also want to grow it too. Mm-hmm. And you're celebrating one year, sir. One year is in a few months now. And you can't be doing the same thing you did a month ago or a week ago or a day ago because that's stagnant in a sense of like there are things that you can continue to move forward with, but there needs to have that growth aspect to it. Um, and if you could touch on that a little bit, what's that like reviewing what you've been doing for a year and trying to take it to that next step? It's a good question. Um, what I mentioned in the beginning was looking at the past year of um, our social presence and then also looking at what we have for actual product. We've taken certain things off the website when it comes to certain products because not only have we sold out of them, but it's something that we didn't feel like was um, unique enough to be able to bring back and have connected to the brand. So something as simple as like our plain logo on a pocket tee, we didn't feel like that was something that was not only selling hot enough, but was something that we really wanted to put out there with our name on it. We wanted to stick with something that was going to be a titch of uniqueness and something that was handmade. And that's what we've kind of found with this, uh, this leather patches. And we're still continuing to, um, tweak that to make it a little bit more uh, unique in sizing and, and design and die cut and shape and everything like that. And then also just the, the prints that we're having on shirts and the different kind of apparel and products that we're using. So it's easy to, to stick with a, a, a t-shirt, but you know maybe a vest is the next option. And so we're constantly looking at what other businesses that are in the same kind of field as we are, are doing and uh, just kind of playing it as it is, is what's working in the past and what could be working in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's a great, another great point of looking at other competitors or other people that are kind of doing similar things to you because there are those companies that are doing better than you and there are other companies that are about the same as you and using those people as leverage of like, oh, all right, that's pretty similar. Let's try to tweak it in that manner. And in a podcast, that's the, that's the main goal is how do you differentiate yourself? So you got to review everyone else and figure mm-hmm. out how am I different? Um, it's not easy. How about like market research? Like how much feedback have you gotten from your buyers and how have you taken that feedback? Yeah, we get feedback from a lot of people. Um, one example is when we first started getting the leather logos that we were getting stitched onto our quarter zips and our flannels, the way that they were being treated wasn't being tested with how you just wash anything in the in the dryer washer so a lot of the 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 burn marks on the logo were fading away and so we're like oh this is 
a big problem. So we reached out to our guy who was doing all the leather die cuts and everything like that. And our logos said, hey, this is the issue we're having. You got to fix it. Look at what kind of stain or whatever you need to do. So that's feedback that we got just from straight consumers that had it and said, hey, this is what happened. I washed it. Heads up. Those are family or friends. Thank God that we caught that early. And then other thing is, you know, as simple as like uh, my girlfriend or my friends talking to me about, hey, this is what I'm seeing. This would be really cool. We should, you know, take a look and see if that's something that you guys can do. Getting that kind of feedback because those are the consumers that we're reaching out to, uh, whether they're currently have MB Outdoors gear or they're just somebody who wears clothes like all of us, that they have an opinion. So we're not going to be able to appease everybody, but what can we do to find that uniqueness but is going to sell X amount of orders? So we're constantly looking at what the consumers are saying over them. Do people ever complain like, hey, man, you're sh- you're really selling like a shirt for 25 bucks or I don't know what your prices are, but like do people give you shit about that? We haven't gotten any shit about the prices and we've done our due diligence of looking at um, other brands that are Midwest based or Minnesota based or outdoors based um, and simple print shirts that we do. And we are we are lower. We are competitive with our prices, but we also are always keeping in mind. I mean, besides just printing the shirt, there are other fees. I mean. We take into account the shipping. We take into account the fee that goes on with the online provider of who we're selling it through. Yep. Um, the bank fee. I mean, those small things add up. And so when we have just a logo or a leather logo on something, not only are we paying for the hat or the shirt that it's getting put onto, we're paying for the patch. Then we're paying somebody else to, to have it stitched on. Then we're having it shipped over. And then we have to pay for the processing of it actually getting paid for by somebody else online and then having that shipped out. So it adds up. And so those incremental profits that we're getting on every item – that's why we're keeping it low and that's why we are constantly we're never taking any money ourselves because any profit that we're making is just going right back into the business to grow it because it's small small wins day to day to day and one day you know in quantity and time it'll grow to be majorly profitable hopefully yeah that's so funny you that you mentioned all those small costs because we're seeing it now we just entered the apparel like what four weeks ago three weeks ago three weeks ago like the first few online transactions we're texting each other back and forth like um what are these charges like why did we just get charged 70 cents for for holding uh uh, money in a paypal oh yeah for paypal like what's paypal doing to us right now and and then we have what's the other thing that we stripe yeah stripe yeah stripe charges even more than paypal so the first customer used paypal i'm like oh that's a bummer hopefully stripes better Stripe that like was twenty cents more or something like that, and it's like it adds up. And you're yeah. like, well, when people ask us why our shirts are that or that price that they are, it's because there's so much other stuff that goes into. It. We can't yeah. just give you this or sell this for fifteen dollars and make a dollar on it. Yeah, like we can't do that. That's not giving us any like that's not providing us value, and we're not at the end of the day we would do it for three weeks and then we'd lose all our money. And it goes into any kind of mass order of anything, apparel or if you're doing coolers or anything like that the smaller quantity it's going to be each item is going to cost a little bit more mm-hmm. um so with what we have to our availability of means to purchase we're not purchasing 200 at a time of every single apparel item because that's just not what we can do right now and that's not the supply or the demand that we want to seek and so the prices are going to be a little bit more when we do a smaller order of certain things and so you got to take that into account you're absolutely right yeah, and what we actually found, which was super unexpected on my end at least, Andrew, you might be able to attest to this, was just Venmo. <laughs> like, oh yeah, like people were, like you reach out to someone like, hey, want a shirt? 
And instead of sending like the link to our store where they'd have to click through a million things, put their card in and do that. It was like, yeah, Venmo me 20. It's, it's on sale. It's on the website for 23, but we'll give it to you and for you 20 the and then we'll hand it, mm-hmm. hand it, like hand deliver it, put, put a note in there, package it up, call it a day. There you go. And we sold and way the, more of those than we have we, anything on our website. Absolutely. And we started a back pocket Venmo so people don't feel like they're sending us money. Oh, that's smart. So they send it to at back pocket and then that's attached to our company business account. So then how often are you guys selling shirts with the person actually right in front of you? We haven't done that yet. Okay. I would, you people, know what? People you, come into the podcast. Yeah. And we I mean, say, hey, we're on a shirt. Talk about a side hustle. You want to buy a shirt? <laughs> hey, come into my apparel lineup store over here. It's just the closet. <laughs> yeah, they're sitting right over here on this nice throne yeah. <laughs> waiting for you. You guys should look into uh, PayPal, has it's called PayPal here. It's just a little card reader that goes into your uh, auxiliary uh, port on your phone. Oh. And so you just swipe the cards. So that's what me and Bryce each have because we're the ones who have apparel on hand. So gotcha. I've seen like yeah. coffee stores have that. Yep, and stuff exactly. Like that. So okay. it's just a mini guy and you can take it off and put it back in and just with the app there on PayPal. And you and don't necessarily need PayPal to use that or you do? You do. do. Okay. You do. So you, and it sounds like you guys already have an account, correct? Yes. Do our uh, consumers need a PayPal account? No. Oh, that's all right. That's nope. That's it's key. just your account. Mm-hmm. They give you uh, the card. You type in how much it costs done that's it we're buying that yeah i think it's pretty cheap or if you have a business paypal account they'll just yeah. give it to you okay oh that works too. look into it boys there's Absolutely. a tip for the day yeah thank we're you dude. talk about growth mm-hmm. um okay so we've do- we dove into mb outdoors plenty and I-, I know there's plenty more to talk about but i want to talk about you because okay. you are one that- that's the main reason why we got attached to the mb outdoors to start was austin doomer um and i kind of want to tap into your personal growth for a year now okay so you you're seeing yourself as an entrepreneur um finding your way in apparel that in an apparel industry where you were never in before what was some of those mental fortitude or just kind of like personal growth whether it's like a positive outlook on your life something along those lines with being an entrepreneur for over a year now mm-hmm. well i think you guys would agree with the, the fact that if you start anything uh podcasts a, a business the the idea of creating something and watching it grow, I mean, people do that with plants. People do that with um, gardens in their backyard. If you create something, all you want to do is see it grow and constantly prosper. And so I found myself that as tired as I might be at the end of the day of coming home from work or you know going to the gym right after and then coming home, I don't normally you know turn on or get on Netflix movies. Most of the time I just turn on some Spotify music and I go on and I start doing whether it's research or I do updates to the website or I'm reaching out to people. I mean, I could spend a couple of hours very happily just continuing to build and be creative and play around with new designs and just constantly have that mindset of like, what's that next little thing I could do to make this even a little bit uh, larger, a little bit stronger, a little bit more profitable. And I think that's just where the creator's mindset is. And that's just along the same sense of an entrepreneur's mindset is it's always in the back of your, your, or it's in the forefront of your mind is whether you're actually doing your nine to five. I mean, you're thinking about when you have free time at the end of the night or on the weekend, am I going to devote it? Well, hell yeah, I'm going to devote it towards that, that side hustle or that, that creative outlook. Mm-hmm. In the same way. And I'm like, even when I'm at work, sometimes I'm always like thinking of, um, just different crap. Cause mm-hmm. we always, we're always like run into an issue. Like, okay, how do we sell tickets yeah. to our party? How do we do this? How do we do that? And I'm always just trying to think of like unique ways to like really get that going because they're, 
there is a competitive advantage to that. And I think it's just that consistency that, and just being persistent towards um, that kind of stuff. Cause you're right. I mean, it is all about the nine to five or like people talk about the nine to five, but really it's the five to nine, 5 PM to nine. Ooh, 5 PM. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like that. that's where we live, man. We live in the five to nine. Yep. And it's, we got four hours. How are you going to utilize it? Yeah. Cause uh, yeah, I mean, if we had the 40 hours devoted to the podcast, uh, maybe we go insane. I mm-hmm. don't know <laughs> because well, that's all we'd be doing. But, um, during that five to nine, you, you can see how, global we are on social media too like sometimes if i'm up till 11 p.m doing posts or doing research on instagram i'll see accounts from the uk start liking stuff or i'll see the accounts over in germany start to like stuff and it's like oh good morning (laughs) global impact yeah there you go big boy oh but yeah that five to nine it's cool and you know when you when you have that mindset going in that when you come home your production level has to continue to be at optimal optimal and uh it's not easy and but when you have something that you love like you're like we've been talking about it's it's pretty enjoyable it's i i kind of love how our generation i don't know if it's just us or if it's we can generalize our generation having that kind of fire in their belly to have a hobby that is also a revenue builder Mm. versus i don't know what our parents were doing i i I, because i don't know I, i haven't done enough research i don't know enough but it feels like they were doing maybe something else along the lines of family bonding or yeah. personal ventures i don't know what it was like but for us like our hobbies right now are having something to do with building more revenue to ourselves i would say that probably and this is just a, a guess of mine maybe a theory you want to call it but i would say that like if we looked at 80 years ago 60 years ago our grandparents they might have worked a nine to five or they might have had their own shop their mom and pop shop that they ran which was a nine to five and a five to nine i mean they were resupplying shelves at once the store was closed or it was very a farm-centric nation, so a lot of folks were going home or waking up early to do farm work. Um, I think that's where that free time that we now have a generation that's filling with internet, Reddit, YouTube, Netflix, that was t- you know that time was being utilized by actually working um, at the mom and pop shop, or you know just putting the extra time in, or being the family man or family mom. You know, it's just it's a different time. What's also cool though is like. Um... Oh, yeah, wait, wait for the GoPro. Yeah, we're back. Um, thanks, Andrew. I hope that got caught because what you just said, I was No, like, I did. I, I, it, could, it must have just kicked out, I think. Okay. Uh, um, but, like, when I... Theories with Austin over history. Yeah, <laughs> no, but that's, 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 that's a what really cool theory because, like, I was just generalizing to the sense of, like, I had no idea what they were using their time with mm-hmm. post coming home from work. Yeah. But thinking about it in that terms, like how many small businesses can't function today because of the big business, the big corporations just dominating your little car. Like I had a card store in my neighborhood that only sold baseball cards, football cards. And it was like, and then it went bankrupt or it it couldn't sell anymore because Target was doing the same thing Mm -hmm. and they had to leave. Like those are the small things like toy shops selling just like little army men and stuff like that. They can't be doing what they're doing anymore. Yeah. That's what they were doing. Like they had their own store selling their own personalized items. I mean, you, you see it with a bunch of other businesses. Anything that's like Amazon has put out so many businesses out of business. I mean, Toys R Us was ran out because all their products were sold on Amazon. And how much easier is it for the vast majority of Americans in the world to just sit on their chair or in their office or wherever, or even on their phone, mm-hmm. and order and do their shopping that way? Mm-hmm. I honestly think in 10 years, 
um, you know how we always grew up and there was the the rich family on the block who had their groceries delivered. Yeah. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. What's the name of those brands? Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. I think that's going to be the future. You see it now even at the Cub that we all go to here in Minneapolis, right? Instacart. They, yeah, Instacart. I mean, it's, you see those people zooming around the carts trying yeah. to stock it up. They were in their green T-shirts. Yeah. yeah. And I honestly think just like Amazon and, and those kinds of grocery delivery companies, prices will drop to the point that it just makes sense for busy individuals like ourselves or you know anybody else to just do that avenue instead of actually go shopping. You're going to have the folks like I do enjoy going and walking down the aisles and then that's how I find my Reese's peanut butter cups that I didn't think I wanted to get by mm-hmm. seeing. Um, just going to the grocery store with no agenda. That's me every other week. Yeah. <laughs> I, dude, I, I go into Cub and I'm like, all right, let's do a little rundown here. I'm like, I need chicken. All right, go. Cool. Oh, there's some peanut butter. Need yeah. that. You know, just like going down my, my blind list. It's the worst way to shop. But, but yeah, know, I mean, it's like, there. It's there. And it's, it's that convenience factor again. Like, so when you talk about Toys R Us going bankrupt, why couldn't they make it and like some brick and mortar stores are still alive is because they're in the toy industry and what are their buyers parents mm-hmm. how much time do they have none so being able to wait at 11 p.m and buy the christmas presents or whatever the kids need for their birthday or their friend's birthday and stuff like that and having the ability to just do it on amazon toys R Us was screwed yeah they couldn't they didn't have the the website design ready and sports authority didn't have the website design ready they got screwed well you guys saw that Sears is filing for bankruptcy too, right? I saw that today on my LinkedIn. I mean, that was a company that's been around for a hundred years. People bought houses from their catalog back in the early 1900s. They would ship you the supplies and you would build your house. Mm. And that company is now like that really structured and built towns is gone because the tools that you want to get, the clothes that you want to get, you can just buy online. So what, so is that like Sears, fault for not like keeping up and trying to find the next thing to grow i'm sure you can point the finger at them but i think it's also just how we are as a generation there's always going to be the cutting edge of whether it's technology or whatever there's always going to be something a little bit better Mm -hmm. that's conveniently making uh, life a little bit easier you see it with apps you see it with food delivery you see it with I mean, everything. So, yeah, I'm sure people point at Sears and say, you should have been faster with joining the bandwagon or getting online or making prices a little bit different. I'm no economic no. economics major, well, but that's what I'm thinking. Well, I'm just thinking in my mind, like, what's the difference? Like, why is Home Depot and Lowe's still doing well, but Sears filed? You know? It's a great question. Is there don't, only... don't, are they? Are they just doing well enough to not be able to go bankrupt? Do you that's know? That's a good point. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Who knows? Menards, like, what's... What's their status like? I don't know. And but some of them have it. Like Menards is niched enough to say you need to go to the there to get your wood and yeah. like your worker supplies. I don't think you can get all that stuff online, well, or you have to go through them yeah. to get it online. And that that's funny that you bring that up because lately I've I've really found some of the free time that I do have. I like to uh, build stuff. I built a table, a bench, a couple of uh, um, shelves, and and other stuff behind my sofa and things like that. And I would never buy lumber online. Because not only is it just that my intellect of knowing what kind of lumber and treatment of certain lumber is done, that I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that, but I want to go and actually be in the store and actually like see what's warped or see what's treated and see what has mm-hmm. some water damage. I think it's one of those those, those kinds of uh, consumable things that people want to actually be in person for. And I think that's grocery shopping too. Mm-hmm. You, you want to feel the vegetables. You want to smell the cantaloupe, whatever. You want to be able to actually be in the store rather than necessarily only buy online. That'll be how I am. Yeah, it is crazy though. Just like trying to f- 
tap into like the average person that you're selling to like your audience is uh it's interesting because there's so many different people out there that all want different things and they might not listen to your podcast for the randomest reason or they might not buy your t-shirt because of one little thing and well then it goes into the evolution of small businesses yeah Mm -hmm. so what what does that look like now it's what we're doing like you can't have that brick and mortar store in a great location in the downtown center like it's just not effective anymore like that's what people like mount pro like all the illinois uh, suburbs are all on the railroad tracks yeah and if you had a store on the railroad tracks you know you're gonna be profitable because the workers that were leaving or going to store going to the train station to get into the city every day were passing by your store so yep. you, you were they were going to return home and get grab the items that they needed for when they uh, went home to their family and that's just not the effective way so how can you make your name um touch all the markets today it's through that social media and i mean we talk about it almost every single podcast and i feel like um we're over talking about it sometimes because it's like look at these generation Z, what are we? I don't, we're not Gen. I Gen? No, no, no. We're not. I don't know. What we are. We're not millennials, but we are in the. Uh... Sorry. What are we, Andrew? I don't know. Why it's, do you say you guys I, aren't millennials? Uh, the millennial cutoff, I think, is twenty-eight. Like ninety-six is the start of another. What generation. year were you guys born? Ninety-six. 96. Oh, okay. Oh, you are the new. I think we're I Gen just Z. saw. It. Yeah. Gen th- Z or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I think you are, and then. Also, the folks that were born in, what is it, like, 86? You want to look that up, Doug? Yeah, because yeah, they just said that. that millennials, like, before it was millennials that anyone was, like, born, like, 80 to 96 was a millennial. But now they've, like, reclassified it where it's, like, x or something like that. Mm-hmm. I just saw a headline. I didn't do my... <laughs> x is 1975. To what? Um, to Gen X, which is 1965. Or millennials... Millennials, Gen Y, and Gen X. So go down the list, starting with millennials. What's the range? Um, millennials is nineteen eighty to nineteen ninety five, and then the I Gen Gen Z is ninety five and up. I Gen? Yeah, I Gen because like iPhones and shit. Oh, I, I got think, it. Yeah, Gen Z I think is more or Gen of, Z though. It, I think that I Gen and Gen Z are the same thing. Correct. And that Gen Z I think is more like across the board used, but that's what I mean. Okay, so getting back to my point of how does a small business leverage what Gen Z is offering and it's using that social media. And I hate to harp that like social media is the outlet of all get out. Um, and like our heads are stuck in our phones, but if you use, if you use your head in the phone for a resource and not as entertainment, mm-hmm. it's, it's totally different. Uh, and it's not easy because a lot of people are stuck in it as entertainment. Yeah. Do you see uh, the update for the iPhone? You guys have iPhones, right? Yeah. Yeah. That screen time thing. Oh, it's insane. He, it makes dude. me it makes me like Cringe. question my daily use of time. But then I try to reconcile that thought with saying, "No, oh, this is MB Outdoors time. This is MB Outdoors work, right?" <laughs> dude, it's it's actually crazy. Like my uh, like I lo- I work with a bunch of old heads at in the construction. By the way, um, the generation ahead of us is called Gen Alpha. Why do they get to be Gen Alpha? Wait, okay, so now I'm lost. What what range? Okay, ninety five. So what? so Gen Z is ninety five to twenty twelve. Okay. Um, and then Gen Alpha 2013 to 2025. BS, dude. Why did they get to be Alphas? 2013 to 2020. Oh, just five-year-olds. How are they Alpha? Yeah, they're, they're Alphas, dude. They're beta. Dude, we're getting... <laughs> they are beta, but they <laughs> think
all these young kids always on their phones. I was like, do you guys know like what I do with this thing? Like what me personally, like what I do on this thing, I can reach out to like, I probably talk to 10, 15, 20 people a day on Instagram DMS. And Mm -hmm. then I'm always texting Andrew about something or someone's Snapchatting me or whatever it is. Like, yeah, the notifications on your screen time is ridiculous. I'm looking at like 60 to 70 notifications Per hour. Why do you think we're always on our phone? Because that's notifying us when something's going on. I will say, and I'll play the devil's advocate here, the times that I enjoy, like for instance, when I go camping, when I am out of cell service, it is a good feeling though. Oh yeah. No, those are- To not have your phone and to know that you're not like, even if you wanted to check, what are you going to check? You're just going to see no bars. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to get anything. What's the point? Yeah. It's a good feeling to actually step away because- you, it's not like it's reverting back in time, but it kind of is. It's like you don't have that constant connection to the outside world. And you realize it even more when you don't have those those bars to like actually look at it and say you had your phone, but you turned it off when you're outside. Like how many times you would grab it and look at it? Mm-hmm. I mean, or just moved it away and just how many times would you look at your pocket? It's it's kind of mm-hmm. sad, but it's the case. Like how many t- when I, I when my phone's not in my like in my re- arm's reach, how many times will I be like, like where the where the fuck's my phone? Yeah. <laughs> type of, like where the type of mentality is like, <laughs> it's so sad. Like old it, people with their glasses there on top of their head, they're like, I don't know where my glasses are. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly that. <laughs> but that that's kind of oh. going back to your point. Is it is relieving to not have your phone, and you do need those times where you shouldn't have your phone on you. Which another part of the iPhone update is you don't get notifications, at, and you can set it at a certain time. So I set mine at like nine thirty. Every night, and yeah, I don't get any notifications on my phone. So then, less notification or no notifications mean I, if I'm doing something else, I'm not going to get distracted. Mm -hmm. And that's what another thing, dude. uh, What I love about podcasts. Yeah, I was on my phone just now looking up what Gen Alpha was all about, but it's a locked-in conversation for we're 37 minutes in. Like you don't have those anymore. Even if we were to go out to dinner, right? You know, we'll we'd be looking at our phone, looking at the menu, getting distracted by the waiter, whatever it is. But never. As far as I know, where you can just have an old school, straight up conversation. Oh, for sure. And it's crazy. Like, we always talk about the different podcasts that we listen to. And I'm an avid Joe Rogan listener. Oh, yeah. Um, And I could totally see myself just sitting there and talking for three hours like they do. And you always catch Joe at the end being like, oh, we're almost out of time. And, like, the guests are like, oh, my goodness, that flew by. Mm Mm-hmm. It's yeah, you're locked into the conversation. It's something that's almost foreign to us nowadays because mm-hmm. of how many distractions there are. Whether you actually have your phone in your pocket or you're just standing in the office, I mean, this is a closed room. We're talking about a bunch of different topics. We didn't, we had a, a loose agenda, but I mean, we could go on for hours. And <laughs> yeah, here. we get a text uh, Monday night. Hey, want to do an impromptu podcast? I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> you screenshot it, send it to me. I was like, and you, I think you said Tuesday or Thursday works yeah. good for me. I was like, let's do Tuesday. And then you come in, and it's like we didn't skip a beat from seeing each other last time. Oh, yeah, boys. Um, so it's been awesome. It's just been an absolute blast, dude. I, we love having you in the studio, obviously. It's just a uh, love hearing the growth, man. A little check-ins every once in a while. Hey, I love it, too. And it's always great to see you guys growing uh, growing the the podcast and, and seeing all the new uh, folks that you're having on here. I mean, did you guys think that you'd be here at this point? No. Not at all. I, the the way we've attacked it, I I couldn't even envision that. Of and it's really cool getting like friends of friends on mm-hmm. that like in two in two ways. We have like the listener friends of friends, and we have the guests friends of fr- like the uh, the um, 
I don't know how to even phrase them. They're both pretty back awesome pocket people. network and your friends network kind of. Yeah, that's it's all the back pocket network. But yeah, it's so intertwined now. It's like everything's overlapping each other, which is even cooler. Um, but we have like people telling like you need to tell you need to talk to my friend, and then you you talk to that friend, and then another friend reaches out to you and be like. You just had both of my friends on. Why haven't I gotten the reach out yet? And then, like, that's it's just Where's so Where's my cool. invite? Exactly. So uh, it's been awesome. And uh, Austin, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate all the time hey, you've given us. Hey, of course, us. guys. I, I always have a blast with the, being on the podcast.